Marriage is a gift, but a marriage made up of two people with different financial backgrounds can create some very real difficulties. And this is one of the most common questions that I receive from you guys is how do you and Jesse navigate spending and saving your money together as a couple? How do you make financial decisions? How do you choose to invest? And how do you get along while doing all of it? And when you're married to someone who's experienced financial hardship in the past, or they didn't learn how to properly manage their money, it's so important to be mindful of your partner's feelings and experiences while also working together to see eye to eye about the finances in your home. Because the way that you handle your money is not only greatly important to God, your stewardship or your lack thereof is also seen by your children and will pour over onto their generation. And I'm so excited to be here with my husband, Jesse, to have this conversation and to let you guys in a little bit on what we have done, the biggest struggles that we have faced in our marriage with finances, and the things that we have learned along the way. So let's jump into today's conversation. We were never promised that life would be easy, but when we do it together, it becomes much easier. I genuinely believe that we have to be intentional about creating a joyful life. I believe in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. But those things require deep, holy heart work. I am passionate when it comes to sharing vulnerably about the things that people are not always comfortable discussing, and I am passionate about sharing practical wisdom that has helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. On the Living Easy Podcast, you'll hear honest insight with a biblical foundation to help you become best friends with your spouse again, to love your motherhood so much that you don't need wine or even coffee to get through the day and to find hope in the very real trials and pain that we face moment to moment. I want to challenge you every Monday to live life with purpose, to choose joy, and to honor God with all that you do. Are you ready to fight hard for that sweet, abundant life? If so, I would love to do it together. So grab a cup of coffee and join me every Monday. I'm Lindsay Maestas, and this is the Living Easy Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. I'm so excited to be with you. Please have a little grace on me and my voice. I have been sick for what feels like 85 years, <laughs> but I am so excited to be here and I'm here with Jesse. I'm back. My husband. It's been quite a while. Mm-hmm. Months. I it's mean, been a long time. Months and months. Yeah. yeah. But today, as you heard in the intro, we're going to be talking about finances. And before we begin, I am so excited to tell you guys about something that I have been working so hard on and creating for all of you. Because for years, I've been getting questions about how I built my online business, how I did podcasting and blogging and Pinterest and kind of figured out how to do all of it and make money from it. So as we're talking about money here, I wanted to share it with you. I will have the Social Media Marketing Academy becoming a confident and profitable creator, as well as the online course creation academy, becoming a passive income business owner in 30 days. So these are ways that you can make money from home. And Jesse and I were just talking today about gas prices and home prices and just how insane life has become and finances have become and how working from home is really one of the best solutions for making more income than what you can bring in in a nine to five 
work environment where raises are rare. And there are so many opportunities for making money through social media, through courses. And we have seen it. If you don't know, since we last spoke, probably, Jesse has now decided to stay home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with me and work with me. And it has all been because of the income from courses. I've been able to replace his income which has been a huge blessing. And so in the Social Media Marketing Academy and the Online Course Creation Academy, I am teaching you literally every secret that I have used to get to the point I am now to where we get to vacation more and be home with our kids. And I get to work from home a few days a week for a couple hours a day. And it's really not as difficult as you might think. So just wanted to let y'all know the link is going to be in my show notes and the link is in my bio on Instagram at lindsay.myestis or at living easy with Lindsay. But with all that said, thank y'all for being here, for coming back. And we want to talk about managing finances as a couple with a biblical perspective. So if you'd like to start, just kind of our different backgrounds and what your experience was like when we first got married, when you realized how I spent money. Um, are you talking about the seven grand that I inherited? Or <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Tell them about the that. The vacation that I paid for? <laughs> um, Tell them. You can't leave that out there. Okay. When we were getting married... <laughs> and we were already engaged. We had prayed about it and made the choice to combine our bank accounts, which Lindsay strategically did so I could inherit her debt. <laughs> that is not fair. Um, but <laughs> I yeah, went on we, a vacation, a European like vacation in high school with an ex-boyfriend. Yeah, with an ex-boyfriend. And <laughs> all that debt, she still had not paid off. So when we got engaged... And I found out about this. I literally was like, oh, I have to pay for this vacation. That you, you knew took when we were dating. London. Well, and I will say the bank messed me up. But that's a, another story okay, for another okay. day. Okay. Anyways. But <laughs> that did happen. He never lets me let that go either. Yeah, I don't. Well, it still hurts. Me. <laughs> I mean, different backgrounds. She, Lindsay, from what I understand grew up with a very nice budget from her dad and mom. And I grew up with a get a job and <laughs> you can have money budget. Parents definitely helped us, but when they helped us, it was like, you know, you reimburse us a mm -hmm. certain amount. And so we always kind of learned that you have to work for what you have. So yeah, I think, I don't know that. That's just two complete polar opposites. Yeah. So it, it was difficult, I think, for us. Lots of growing pains and still go through that mm -hmm. now. So Yeah, I never learned really how to manage money wisely in any way, in any form. I was given a lot of allowance and was told, go spend it how you please. And now we both cringe at the idea of what it could have done in a savings account or an IRA or something where it actually could have grown and made us money instead of it just being spent over and over and over again on clothes that disappeared a year later. So I think for us, when we first got married, we did blend our bank accounts when we were engaged. I personally think it's really important to have bank accounts together. I know that some people just like to spend their own money and have their own money. I think But it's not. It's not what I, I'm 
I don't know. I might catch slack slack for this, but I just, I don't like where the Bible teaches that you're being grafted. Like that's a very intense, like when you graft a tree or like do a skin Skin graft, graft, like it's intense, like you're being made one. And I just, you know, you can disagree with it and that's fine. I respect it, but I just, you know, respectfully disagree with that narrative of Mm. like, you know, hey, well, I just like to spend my own money. Well, when you're getting married or when you are married, it's like your family's money. And whether it's the wife, you know, working in the household or the husband, it's both of your accounts. And the only way people are going to be held accountable for their spending habits are if you're both on the same account Mm -hmm. and, you know, you need to see my Starbucks charges and you need to, (laughs) I need to see your Starbucks charges or target runs or Amazon packages, whatever the heck it is. Why do I have so many more than you? So I don't know. Um, But yeah, I think that it's, my personal opinion is it's extremely important for people to get on the same page and have the same account. Yeah, I agree. I think that I try to understand it because there have been people who have talked about it and it is something that I only see as kind of divisive. I've heard comments like, oh, my husband sends me his money and then I put in my money and we pay our mortgage or we pay. And for me, I agree with you specifically about the accountability portion because when you're not seeing into one another's accounts, there is a lack of responsibility there because you don't have this obligation to kind of answer to one another and not in a negative way. But if we're stewarding our money and honoring God with the way that we're spending our money, that accountability is actually very important. And I think that it causes us to be more responsible. And that was number one, the tips that I have as a couple to manage your money biblically. So is, before we leave that though, oh, sure. what's what's your best argument for why you should have separate accounts? I don't believe in having separate accounts. Oh, okay. Yeah. It sounded like you were playing devil's advocate there. So I was Oh no, I'm out. playing devil's advocate in the sense that I mean we've we blended when we were twenty years old. So for me that's just the only normal way. And I am just trying to see it from a perspective of some like the many, many people who wrote me and said, I just would rather have my own account and he would rather have his own account and we're fine doing it that way. But out of all of those people that have written you, like you're, is there a, a reason or, you know, something that you've heard where you were like, oh, that's a really good point. Not for me. I think that it can cause a lot of division. And if I'm honest, and for me, unfortunately, I've seen and experienced and witnessed families that are broken apart. And when these bank accounts are not blended, when both people do not have access, that money is actually stolen when there is a divorce or when it's a messy fight or that money is taken. And I just think that, and not that it can't happen when you share an account, but it obviously, if you're investing your time, your life together, that that money really should be combined. It seems easier. It seems like if you're getting married and you have one foot in and one foot out because you're not, you're already not trusting the relationship and the foundation that you're on because it's like a prenup, whoever that person (laughs) is in the relationship that doesn't want to combine accounts. It just seems like that person is insecure about something that they still want control over their own money and their account. And they don't want to see whatever expenses are coming out, which 
I mean, really, that can turn into other things. Like, if it's the husband, like, why are you not wanting your wife to see what charges you're making on your account? Are you, you know, paying for pornography? pornography? Mm -hmm. Are you doing other things with your accounts that you don't want her seeing? Like, it's just, you could be accountable on so many levels just by having your accounts combined. And obviously, you know, we're talking in the perimeters of marriage. So, right. I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> Glad we established I mean, we, that 10 years down the road. Yeah, I'm like, if I didn't, though, wouldn't I have put up a fight about this once? I've never put up a fight about this at all. Well, of course you did. We established <laughs> why you didn't put up a fight. You didn't have, you were negative <laughs> and you needed someone to put you positive. So and now I'm a sugar mama. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So number two is discuss your long-term goals together. Well, you kind of went over me on number one, so let me just reiterate. Number one is make sure that both partners have access to the same information about finances. If one person feels like they're being left out of the conversation, this leads often to resentment and frustration, which makes matters worse when it comes to decision-making with money. Number two, discuss your long-term goals together so that each partner knows what they're working toward. So if there's a person say you want to save money for a down payment on a house and yet your husband or wife wants to use that money to travel, there needs to be some compromise, but there also needs to be That's some, a real life example of our relationship. Of our, yeah. <laughs> I needs- want to buy a house since she wants to go on vacation. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather have a, a small house and travel like five times a year. But there needs to be some sort of compromise in order to make both goals happen, especially if both people are working. And can we just really quickly say, if your wife stays home and you make money, your money is her money equally. If your husband stays home and you're working, your money is also his money. So there has to be this understanding that, because I think for me, at least when I wasn't working and when I was staying home with the kids, I struggled so much with even going to Target. And even if I'd buy stuff, I would still feel, don't smile at me. (laughs) You didn't look like you struggled. (laughs) I did. I felt this constant weight of guilt of like, I, I just feel like I want to contribute and I want to be part of that. But you are contributing in every capacity by being a stay at home mom and taking care of your kids and taking care of the home or being a stay at home dad and doing the same things. So if no matter who is making the money as a married couple, just as Jesse was saying, you're grafted together and it comes to a point where you have to say, okay, our money is our money. And therefore the things I want to do with our money are important. And the things you want to do with you with our money is important. And we have to work together to make that happen. So it's just important that each partner feels heard and respected when it comes time to talking about financial goals. So can you talk a little bit about your thoughts as we've grown in this and now we kind of love like financially planning together and setting our dreams and our goals together. What are some things that you think have helped us get to a point where now it's a comfortable conversation and not so much a fight? Having the hard conversations yeah. has gotten us here. I mean, we've been through a lot of arguments and fights about all of our finances and like it's just it's taken a lot spending. of time. Yeah. yeah. I I think if you're going through this right now in your marriage or your relationship. I mean, it's normal to mm-hmm. have disagreements about finances. It's one of the main causes of divorce. And I think it's just something that you need to not feel like, oh, 
you know, this person or this couple has it together or they have it together, just know that you will go through those growing pains and those growing pains eventually in time are what get you through that stuff and help you both learn. And I think it's both of you just getting to a place, like a level place where whoever is the spender in the family, which I, I think both of them are like, sometimes I'm the spender. Sometimes you're the spender. So yeah, you can, spend. I just, yeah. It, on, you know, my stuff for <laughs> sure. My stuff's expensive, but video games. Yeah. At some point, whoever is the person in the wrong, you know, has to get over, like swallow your pride yeah, and just realize, you know what? My spouse is right. I should not be, trying to get us into more debt by buying, you know, this car or this new golf set or Mm -hmm. new computer, like whatever it is, if it's not within your means or you're overstretching, then you shouldn't do it. And also getting in the mindset of trying to get out of debt and investing Mm -hmm. into assets. And I, I just think that's important to kind of have that mindset. You know, if you're a young couple right now or someone who's just starting, like just having that mindset of, you know, I want to invest my money now where I'm going to see it later rather than investing in the toys and the fun and the showy things. And I love that about you. And that's what you have helped me see over the 10 years. Like the amount of times I've been told no by Jesse, you guys, in a loving and compassionate way, it was rough sometimes. I'm like, all I want is this or to go here to do this. And he just had long-term vision. And I now respect and honor that so much because we would never be where we are today if it weren't for your discipline and self-control in your spending. And now we have these investment properties. We have investments in stock. We have cushion and comfortability that truly would not have been there had I been fully in control of everything. And I think that's exactly what you're saying is, And even if you're not young, even if you're in this place now, there is something to be said for a spouse saying, hey, I'm not comfortable with this kind of spending and it's eating away at me and it's causing me strain because what is that going to do? If your spouse is strained, it's going to create strain within your marriage and it's just not healthy. And if you heard the first episode of the Money in Christianity series, I'm talking very, very biblically packed with scripture about what it means to steward your money. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, make sure to go back and listen. But you touched, babe, on the point about getting out of debt. And so that's number three, is to be proactive about getting out of debt instead of waiting until there's a a problem or an emergency and be intentional about getting out of debt together. Because again, once you get married, it's both of yours. But the Bible talks about debt and that it is not honoring to God, you know, and your call to owe nobody anything. So if you're in debt and if you're paying interest payments and you're still spending on toys and fun and those things and not being wise, again, you have to remember that these habits, these patterns, all of this is going to pour out onto your children. And instead of creating generational wealth, you're going to create generational debt that your children will ultimately have to take care of when you pass away because there's no savings for a funeral or, you know what I mean? I think that it's just not selfless and it's not setting our family up for success. And not to say that we have not created debt on credit cards and created debt. And we have had to learn 
wouldn't you say, slowly but surely about, you know, paying things off and not buying something unless we have the, the cash money to buy it. I think in regards to the credit cards or any type of credit card debt, I feel like we were just so blessed for my parents' guidance yeah. and making sure it's paid off at the end of every month. Yeah. Because Before I don't the end of every month. think we've ever like in our marriage, like we've no very there was, few times like when we were first married, I mean ten years ago. Yeah. We let it get out of control, but then we saw the interest on it and wanted to die because it was sucking up so much of our money that could have been put towards savings yeah. or something else. That was like a big, definitely a big turning point for us to yeah. like never try to rack up the credit card. Yeah. And and when it was, it was like, we need to take care of this immediately. Mm-hmm. And the burden of that not being on us monthly is is huge. And, and we're all about credit cards because you get points and you get credit money ultimately. <laughs> like we don't really yeah. believe and this may not be a common theme, but we don't believe in debit cards as much because you don't get anything back. And with our Southwest credit card, it's we go into a digital system. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have been able to crypto fly. Okay. <laughs> That's Jesse's new thing. But we've been able to fly family out and we've been able to fly back home and all of that with money that we normally spend on groceries in life. And now we have an American Express card that also helps with like hotels and it pays you money back. So I think these things are all good things, but you have to have that self-control and discipline. And again, we're not speaking from a place of, man, we have this all together. But I will say coming into a marriage with Jesse has been so helpful and insightful. And it's just, it really is the way that our world works is so many people, I mean, I think it's over 50% of people still live paycheck to paycheck, even in their thirties. And to me, I feel like that would suffocate me every single day, but there are ways of saving. And I know Dave Ramsey has a whole big program about really saving and snowballing and getting rid of that debt and also creating a cushion for your life. So number four, is work together with a godly couple who has gone before you to come up with a plan for getting out of debt or stewarding your finances wisely. This often includes cutting back on spending, taking second jobs, or even selling items around the house that are no longer necessary. How would you say our relationships with other couples has impacted the way that we spend? I think that that always comes up. It's just Mm -hmm. who you surround yourself with as is going to be where you're, where you're averaging. Yeah. Right. And I, I just think we've always strived to be around people that are making moves and challenging themselves, challenging us. And yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's helped us to not be around. I guess it's, it's hard because I feel like we've tried not to be around people that are flashy with like all of the gadgets, but at the same time, we're around people that have the means to, but just don't. And it's more like, Hey, you know, we're investing in businesses or we're investing in our family or, Mm -hmm. you know, missions or, Mm -hmm. you know, something that is outside of the norm of, you know, we need to get a boat and we need to get like the flashy truck to take the boat in and stuff like that. I just think those things have helped us, even though, of course, we desire those things. Well, I was going to say, I, I don't want it to come off that that's not a struggle for me because especially coming here to Franklin, our pastor say the other day, it's like one of the, f- it's like the fifth wealthiest county in the U.S. 
and you see the flashy things and you see the people with a lot. And I feel sometimes like the bottom of the totem pole, which I know is not truth, but there's this sense of comparison and envy that can so quickly seep in. And I would say in the first few months we got here, it probably ate away at me more than anything ever has when it comes to finances. Like I felt like I was being here. Well, yeah, just the comparison game for me. Well, I know like you were definitely struggling with it, but I I think that, you know, overall it's just, I think that just trying to challenge ourselves. But I said, like I said, it's not like we don't desire those things. Mm -hmm. There's always an internal person in our, our ear that's trying to get us to, to Sin. desire those things <laughs> yeah. and want them. And I, and I don't think that they're bad things altogether, but I think it's just, it comes down to, you know, you mentioned Dave Ramsey and then there's all the Grant Cardone, you know, everyone always says one's an angel and the other one's a demon. But I, I think somewhere in the middle is where people find their balance. You know, it's, it's yes, paying off your debt, but at the same time, how can I also with some of this extra money, how can I invest it into, if I want to buy a rental property how can I start allocating some of this money, you know, to go towards a down payment towards a rental property? You know, are you seeking other investors or real estate, you know, gurus out there on like how you can start investing? I think it's important. There's always a balance in everything. And I think that that's what's going to help people the most is. I agree with you. I think for me, just for anybody who may struggle similarly, it's, what has helped me and what has always helped me is battling my envy or my comparison or my sinful desire for wealth. Because I mean, the Bible talks about it all fades away, right? It all disappears. None of it comes with us and it's empty ultimately. And so generosity for me, giving money away or things away in a way that actually maybe is uncomfortable, like it's a little more than I'm comfortable with, is something that have, has always brought me back to the focus of the gospel, the focus of Jesus, that it's not about me, that this life, this money, these things are all so empty and temporary. And that generosity allows me to kind of, I guess, refocus and repent and move away from myself in that desire. But I don't know, like, I think like you're saying, babe, it's not a bad thing necessarily to want nice things. It, you're not sinful if you're rich right? You're not saying, I mean, you look throughout scripture and God blessed men with things and finances. And, and I think so much of it is how you respond and what you do with it. But I think the point we're trying to get at is if you're living in this crazy debt and you have all of these loans so that you're buying shiny things and you're not setting your family up for success and college funds and long-term generational wealth, you're really digging yourself a pit. And in the end, your legacy is not going to be one of the wealthy man or woman, your legacy is going to be one of the person who had no sense of self-control or discipline. And so I think like you're saying, it's just the sense of moderation. So that was kind of my main points on it. And I want to just ask you, and it'll be our final question. What would your encouragement be when there is a spouse who is a saver and a spouse who is a heavy spender and they cannot seem to get it together. Or there's one who just could care less about finances and doesn't want to talk about budgeting or do any of it. And then there's one who cares a lot or maybe too much. It just comes down to communication, in my opinion. is like, I think it's okay. And I think it's probably normal that 
one spouse doesn't really care for the finances and one spouse cares about the finances. Yeah. But the communication comes in to realizing that and saying, okay, you know what? You don't really care about the finances, but I need to either A, show you the facts or the, the reason of why we need to handle our finances this way so you can trust me mm. with these finances and I can update you still throughout the month or, you know, whatever, like yeah. a month or every three months or something just to know like what our game plan is because I think it is wise to at least know where your money's going. Right. And I think that that's okay, you know, if you're on different pages and one of them doesn't care, but there does have to be a trust between both of you in those finances or who's going to handle finances. I mean, even on finances like taxes and stuff, I mean, when we got married, that was kind of something like I gave to you. I'd, it's been my baby for yeah, 10 that, years. That's been your baby <laughs> until we got it like a CPA, but yeah. it was just, I mean, that was something I did not feel comfortable with mm -hmm. and trusted you with and stuff. So I think that it's okay to trust your spouse in those things, but communication is going to be key. Yeah. Communication. And if there's two people that are open to those finances, you know, you guys need to discuss those things and discuss where you guys want you know, to see be your, 10 years Yeah, where now. you want to be yeah. in five or 10 years and what's going to get you there. Like what steps do you need to take to get you there in five to 10 years? Obviously, the most important thing, I know we're talking about finances, but, you know, we plan these things. But the most important thing is like our relationship with Christ. So like, you know, I always go back to that verse in Luke where it's like, you know, this guy stores up everything. And then God's like, you fool. I require your soul tonight, like tomorrow, mm -hmm. like your life is done. So like guys just know, like we're doing this episode because we do want you to plan, you know, God calls us to be wise with our money. He calls us to be, you know, as wise as serpents and innocent as doves. He calls, there's the story in the Bible of the master giving his servants coins. And the one that was able to multiply those coins was given more. So we do have examples of people obviously planning and investing and trying to make more of their finances. But the most important thing is your relationship with Christ and planning and that guides and leads every decision that you make. Well, it does. And and you're if you're thinking of eternity, you know, you're mm -hmm. you're thinking of that's what's most important. And these finances, of course, they're important because they're gonna help you be in a place where you can help other people, mm -hmm. which is ultimately our our mission is yeah. to be helping other people in this world. So And it feels so I know this is like a cliche childhood saying but it genuinely brings so much more joy to give than to receive. Because while it feels fun to buy yourself that new, I mean, clothes and expensive clothes and stuff haven't always been my thing. Mine's vacations, but say buy yourself that expensive purse, how much more to help a family in need pay for all of their groceries for a month, something like that. It, it shifts the way that you live. It shifts the things that you care about. It shifts your heart and your perspective. And like you're saying, I mean, I think what we've seen, the most of and the most help that we've received from people is exactly what we we're saying, just planning. I mean, it really takes intentionality. How much is going out this month? And I mean, by the penny, everything should be accounted for. All of your 
expenses, your errand runs, your groceries, your coffees, your mortgage, having every penny written out and having boundaries and self-control when it comes to those things and also knowing how much comes in. I think a lot of the time we think, oh, if if I don't know it, it's not going to hurt me. You know, if I don't know what's happening, it's just going to, it's going to fix itself and go away. It's going to drive you deep into a hole. Yeah. And I mean, we can't cover, I mean, we're, I feel like we're only yeah, scratching so much, the surface yeah. on all the circumstances that can arise through mm-hmm. going over your finances and trying to get into a more financially stable position with your lives. And we'll cover more and, the series. But. And yeah, we can totally cover more, but just know, I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's Having um, financial planners and people you can go to is key because they can walk through life with you. They can see how you're spending your money. You may be embarrassed or or feel ashamed of what you've done, but at least you're being intentional to get out of the rut that you've created. Or if you're already doing great, how much better can you do with somebody who's gone 10 years before you and learning to invest and learning to be wise and learning to create passive income, which is one of the things that the courses talks a lot about are just streams of passive income where you have money coming in from 10, 15 different places and you don't constantly have to stress about that next paycheck. So if you are going to talk with your spouse about money, I think sometimes it can be helpful to have some questions. So I'll give you a couple. One is how can we come up with a plan for getting out of debt together and discussing together? Sometimes people do not feel comfortable discussing money, but ultimately having that goal of long-term restoration of your bank accounts and long-term family generational health is worth it. Two, what does saving look like in our household and how can we continue to save more? Three, are there any new purchases that you would like us to make and are there any purchases that we should withhold from? Four, do we need to cut back on our spending? And sometimes this is food. I mean, a lot of times this is food or this means selling a car and getting a more affordable car where your car payment isn't so high or ideally where you can pay off that car that you've purchased But asking these questions may feel daunting, especially if you do not align financially. But the growth that can come from just regular, consistent questions and budgeting together and sitting down in family planning can genuinely be life-changing and ultimately get in the word. There are more verses in the Bible about finances and money than there are about prayer. God is very serious about the way that you spend and utilize your money. So We want to encourage you. We share all of this in love because it's been shared with us, not because we are holier than thou and have it all together. We fought about money like a month ago, (laughs) you know? So it constantly comes up because it's a constant part of our lives, but there is a place of understanding where you can then come to a place and say, you know what? I love you. We both want to honor God together. So let's work together in this. Yeah. Well, We love you guys. We're thankful to be back. I think the next few episodes won't be so heavy. I think this is good heavy, though. (laughs) Is this heavy? It feels a little heavy to me. I didn't think it was heavy. You like it? Yeah, I didn't think it was bad. Okay. What do you guys think? (laughs) Let us know in the comments. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, tag, if you enjoy this conversation, it would be awesome if you wouldn't mind sharing with a friend or family member, if you share with even a few people, just in encouraging them to have a godly mindset towards their finances. 
of course, we're going to have a full episode on tithing, so I will get to that as well. And I am, of course, going to have a full episode on tithing and generosity, and I'm really, really excited about that one. So just keep an eye out. Um, Don't forget to share on Instagram and tag us on stories. And if you haven't already given us a rating and star review on iTunes, it would mean the world to us. But we love you guys, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. See you guys. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to share the love. The simple act of taking a screenshot of this episode and tagging the Living Easy Podcast makes such a huge difference in my little podcasting world. If you are blessed, challenged, or impacted by this conversation, someone else you know might be too. So please feel free to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. If you haven't already, please take 30 seconds to scroll down from this episode or the podcast homepage on iTunes to give a quick rating and review. This makes a huge difference and helps in getting great guests for future interviews. Don't forget to follow along with me on Instagram for encouragement, devotionals, and practical advice on all the life and faith stuff. Love you guys.